If everyone has lemonade stands, I think we can do it. These inspiring words were expressed by Alex Scott, the little girl who was battling childhood cancer and decided to have a lemonade stand in her own backyard to help fundraise for a cure. In honor of Alex and everyone fighting this disease, join ST Bank June 1st through the 8th at all bank branches for lemonade days. Enjoy treats and activities. Help us support research, awareness, and hope for these children and families in need. Let's make people our purpose and build a brighter future together. ST Bank, member FDIC. Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. This is the Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. A couple of weeks ago, Omar Khan was introduced as the new general manager of your Pittsburgh Steelers, the successor to Kevin Colbert's incredible run at the job. His first big move as GM was signing Minka Fitzpatrick to this contract mm-hmm. extension. And in classic Omar Khan fashion, in classic capologist fashion, he inks Minka Fitzpatrick to a new deal that makes him the highest paid safety, not just in the league right now, but in the history of the NFL. But he saved about $2.4 million in cap space as well for this coming season with Minka Fitzpatrick's new cap hit. I mean, that's just incredible stuff. So the Steelers are now going to be around $21, $22 million of cap space available to them. Remember, they still have to sign first-round pick Kenny Pickett, so that will obviously eat up a decent chunk of that. Not a decent chunk, but it'll take some of that away. But uh, incredible move to get this deal done. Obviously, you will have to pay for a bigger cap hit down the road when it comes to Minka and this kind of money, but as far as the window is concerned right now and you're worried about this season, saving yourself $2.4 million is never a bad thing when it comes to that salary cap. That that salary cap determines everything in this league you cannot do you are completely handcuffed Mm. by that thing and to be able to manipulate it in any kind of way to save as much like people out there being like oh 2.4 million who really cares what can you buy with that you never know man you never know what that kind of stuff can happen when a trade comes open and a team picks up other salary and you have to have about two million in your pocket and boom there it is Mm -hmm. so anytime you can make any sort of money available it's always beneficial so Hats off to Omar Khan not only for getting this deal done and getting Minka locked in for the next five years as a Steeler, but also a little cap manipulation there for the 2022 season, keeping not only the same amount of money that he still had in his pocket before he got this extension in the books, but you know, creating a little extra more wiggle room as well. Absolutely. And should you be surprised at all? Absolutely not. No, that's one of this the big is, reasons why you brought him in as the GM. This is what he this is what his sole responsibility was when he was an assistant GM to Kevin Colbert. And now that he's at the helm, we knew that his his role was going to be <clears throat> specifically designed to do, as you said, uh, a cap um calculator or whatever the wizard with the cap you know capologist you call it 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 has many names you can use but that's what his bread and butter is and just because he was stepping into the head gm role doesn't mean that he was going to step away from being able to help the sealers in that regard and that's exactly what he did and we had said tom uh omar khan's first big test was going to be what they did uh with this money right and was it going to be are they going to spend it on Mika Fitzpatrick? Are they going to kind of use it to to diversify their team or or use it in diverse ways for multiple players? 
And I honestly think he made the right move here by going after Minka Fitzpatrick, giving him the money that he so rightfully deserves. Oh, of course. That I, I think that was an easy one. You know what I mean? Like sometimes it just it makes too much sense to do it, and they. I think that's a move that definitely checks that box. But so, he could uh, have easily gone and said, well, all this money that we were given back to because of the Stephon Tewitt retirement, do I go up and, and sign another defensive tackle or, or nose tackle or defensive lineman, or do I use this to, to make Minka happy? Right? Would I rather make Minka happy and make him a sealer for the long term or bring in a guy who could possibly be off the team in a year or so? Well, kind of like thing. how Joe Sherbert was last year. Well, or, or Melvin Ingram. He, or... Trey Turner. You don't have to do any of that. Right. Because you also created some cap space as long as well as locking Minka up and making Minka happy about his long term future with the team. So you don't have to choose. You know, you got that box checked. Minka's happy for a long term and he's going to be a stealer forever. And you can go out still and sign somebody to your defensive line. You can go out and work on a deal with Deontay Johnson. You can do a lot of things still. You can kind of wait until the season starts and, hey, a player just became available. Or, hey, a trade opened up that I didn't know. NFL trade market has become more and more hot stovey, like especially towards the trade deadline in past years. You never know who's going to be available. So, you know, it's always good to have some walking around money in your pocket. And that's something that Colbert always believed in. And I'm sure he's passed down to Omar Khan as well. So I, I think that there's just no bad angle that you can look at when it comes to this deal. It just, it, it makes too much sense and it works out on so many levels. Now, the thing you have to wonder is what do you do with the money that you have available? Uh, first to talk, first thing you have to talk about is the fact that they haven't signed Kenny Pickett yet. They're going to sign Kenny Pickett. It's just a matter of time. Now it could be literally any minute that that news could come across your screen that Pickett and the Steelers ink their uh, four-year deal. Obviously, they'll have the fifth-year player option with Pickett being a first-round pick as well. So that's not going to be you know a matter of question. What's going to be a matter of question is where they come down to as far as um, the money and as far as the cap hit is going to be concerned. But I, I think you know he's not a super early first-round pick, so that helps you mightily you know the picks are slotted now so it's not like you can have a sam bradford situation where he could demand a ton of money but you're gonna have a decent cap hit there all that being said you could still probably have about 15 16 million dollars maybe to work with as far as who you're gonna maybe even more than that uh to go out and use either in the market maybe on deontay what would your hunch be there would you you were kind of saying how it's nice that you you know got Minka locked up before you went out and got anybody else so you could tell him that he's the priority before, you know, we go out and get a D-lineman to help place to it. I kind of feel the opposite about that when it comes to Deontay. I kind of feel like, hey, maybe we don't do your contract until next season if we want to even at all. We've got to worry about other holes on this roster right now that we have to fill in for 2022 just because I think Minka and Deontay – just aren't at that same level as a type of player. Not yet, but we are aware that the Steelers have had conversations with Deontay, right, saying, hey, we know you want to get a deal done, and so do we, but you have to understand, Mick Fitzpatrick has to be the priority right now. And it sounds to me like what we've heard from our experts here on SNR is that Deontay seems to be okay with it. As long as he's going to have the opportunity to sit down with the Steelers and negotiate some kind of contract, then that's what he's looking for. It's not that I don't think the perception should be the Steelers were neglecting Deontay Johnson entirely, saying, don't even look at us, don't even breathe in our direction until we sign Minka Fitzpatrick. No, they were having conversations alongside the Minka contract 
conversations. It's just the Deontay conversations were to kind of keep him, I think, at ease and say, we will get to you soon, but we have to we have to go off. We have to go after this one contract before we get to yours. And I think now that they've done that, now that they've inked Mika Fitzpatrick to this five-year deal, it is time to look to Deontay's contract. Yeah, I don't know. I think I would just wait on that. You know, I think we, uh, we did the pay or nay segment in an earlier episode, and I kind of came down on you don't really have to pay Deontay Johnson. And, you know, it's not only that we could use that cap space elsewhere instantly in 2022 to help other holes on the roster is why I would say that. But another reason why I would say that, and I guess you could, you know, work out a new long-term deal without damaging any cap space mm-hmm. this year, just like you did with Minka. But still, the reason why I would have priorities in other places too is because I want to see what I got out of George Pickens. I want to see what sure. I got out of Calvin Austin. Like, I, I know that I'm not going to have anybody that's better than Minka Fitzpatrick, even you know, whether it be someone in a draft coming up or on my roster for sure, I know that's the case. That's not necessarily the case when it comes to Deontay Johnson. I don't know if there's not a better wide receiver on my roster. Claypool could be better. George Pickens could be better. I don't know if they aren't or not, but I want to give a season of Pickens a chance to at least give me an inkling if that could be the case before I absolutely move all my chips into the table, on the center of the table when it comes to Deontay Johnson or not. Uh, and also, receivers, we just set a record as far as a draft class was concerned with receivers in the first round. They're they're getting better and better as far as the college game is concerned, especially as the college game, you know, has more uh, complicated offenses and more, you know, schemes that are almost running towards what the NFL is running now. And receiving play is just becoming more valuable on both levels of the sport, and they're getting better. So you know you're always going to have a good crop to pick from incoming draft classes. So I think those are variables that go into me just, you know, I know he is next up as far as a negotiation is concerned if you're the Pittsburgh Steelers, but as far as him getting an extension, getting that second contract from the team, I I still have my doubts about it, and I still don't know if I want them to aggressively pursue that this offseason, much like they were going to with Minka until this deal came in. Yeah, but I, I, I do think the counter to that is that I think you, you're – I don't know, Tom. I'm, I I was about to give you a counter argument, but now I'm looking at it in two different ways. Whereas I think you can get away with paying Deontay and and not really damaging yourself too much. But I I pause to say that now because of the wide receiver market that is out there. I think if if this had happened, if we had reversed time and these contract negotiations were up last year, right and you didn't have the Christian Kirk signing and the Devontae Adams signing and the um, Tyreek Hill signing. You signed Mika Fitzpatrick before the 2021 season started. Deontay Johnson were to f- was to finish out his rookie year or his rookie contract on that year. And then before Christian Kirk signed, before Devontae Adams signed, I bet you you could have gotten Deontay on a team friendly deal and not have to break the bank because the market wasn't set yet. I think it I think it's just the Steelers are kind of at a disadvantage because of what's happened, what's transpired this offseason. Okay, that's that's fair to say. And, hey, if they do sign Deontay Johnson before the training camp starts, that's I'm not going to be mad about it. Like I don't want You'll be sh- mad if he continues to kind of play at this inconsistent level. I don't know if I'll be happy with him. Well, yeah, of course I will be mad at that. But I don't know if I'll be happy with him either if he holds in. Like I don't I don't see him as that level of a player. I just talked about it. He doesn't pri- deserve to hold no, in. No, I right just talked now. about yeah. that prior in our prior episode. Talking Minka Fitzpatrick, how the Steelers have created this culture of at least there are star players when they're you know working for more money, 
are holding in and they're still present despite not working out with the team. Uh, part of building that culture is knowing when to cut that off and knowing you know what players get that kind of treatment and what players do not. Uh, as it stands right now, I would say there's probably four players on the team that I would grant that credit to. Three of them on the defensive side of the ball. Cam Hayward being one. Don't have to worry about that, obviously. TJ Watt being the other, who we just went through that last year. And now, obviously, Minka Fitzpatrick, who that's nipped in the bud now, too, because of this extension. He'll be a participant in, in training camp. And the other guy may be surprising because he's so young, and you don't have to worry about this for a long time with him. But the only guy on the offensive side of the ball that I even see close to that kind of echelon is, is Najee. As far as somebody that would have that kind of sway and that's and that, it, right? It's those. It's it's Minka, it's TJ, and it's Najee and Cam too. But I don't think Cam at this point would do that. Nor right. is he. I don't. I don't think Najee. Who's to say Najee would either? I'm just saying you have to be in that kind of class sure. to even consider it. But the reason I left Cam off is because he's the oldest now, and he just signed his deal what two years ago at this point. So the next time his contract will yes, be up. Yes, I understand. I was just painting a picture. Okay. That's fine. It's but yeah, those four guys are on the Mount Rushmore of Steelers players currently on the team that can kind of get away allow, with some shenanigans, yeah, right? And I don't want you know people to, or excuse me, people to. I don't want the team to let that kind of bleed into areas that it shouldn't. And I just don't think that Deontay really you know checks that box. And you know, if Minka Fitzpatrick had held in that he was going to know how to play safety at a high level when he came back. You knew that T.J. Watt was going to be just fine last year. I mean, you can debate about, you know, maybe he was a little, you know, more prone to injury, suffered those soft tissue damage injuries because of him holding out, but he still broke the sack record. So what can you really say as far as a negative when it comes to his season? So, you know, you can trust those guys to come back and play at a high level. When it comes to Deontay Johnson and the way he finished this season with the drops kind of creeping back in, I want to see him work through a full training camp workload. And we have new quarterbacks, no matter which way you slice mm-hmm. it. You know, we have Mitch Trubisky, we have Kenny Pickett. Somehow Mason Rudolph wins the job, which it would be an incredible shock for that to happen. He's still relatively new-ish as far as being a starting quarterback and establishing that connection 100% of the time. So... We need our full receiving repertoire around for training camp, for preseason games, because we need to break in these quarterbacks. We need to establish connections with these quarterbacks and these players uh, if we're going to have success this year on offense. Absolutely. I, the The issue for Deontay Johnson, Tom, I think, is that he's at a disadvantage when it comes to the team he's playing for. This is a team that is the best at taking receivers, whether it's via free agency or via the draft, and taking them from average guys and elevating their game to really top-tier talent. And that is, in all credit, due to their scouting department. And Omar Khan was once a part of that. But now the the collective staff can continue to do that, even though Omar Khan has elevated his role and Kevin Colbert has kind of stepped back. But my my grander point here is that with the with the selection of George Pickens and the selection of Calvin Austin, Deontay really has no room for no wiggle room, right? To say like, well, I am this great talent. Who are you going to bring in besides me? Well, they just drafted two guys, one of which Calvin Austin could be the next Deontay Johnson and possibly even better. So I think that is where he really struggles to have any leverage with this team in getting that deal, and then you compound that on. The performance he's had the last two years where Steelers fans can be extremely hypercritical about his 
end-of-season performances. Oh, absolutely they can be, and I think it's warranted. You know, I think that he kind of brings it on. You you kind of bring it on yourself when you say, like, how you felt you were a Pro Bowl snub, and then you kind of come out after that and have your worst games, your worst performances of the season. You know, you're kind of asking for it at that point, so I'm not too surprised that that happened. Uh, uh, whatever I feel about it, however Jacob feels about it, the fact of the matter is he is next up. He is next in line. We've explained frequently how the Steelers operate. I can't even imagine. I can't even, like, think of a guy who would be ahead of him. It's impossible because Devin Bush and Terrell Edmonds are the only real guys that come mm-hmm. to my mind that are potentially going to walk after next year, after this season, and it's you need to pre-see it. from. You know for a fact you're not going to work long-term deals out with those guys. Deontay, that might be another question. As far as other ways to spend the money, you know, we'll probably talk about this a lot in between now and training camp, but... If everyone has lemonade stands, I think we can do it. These inspiring words were expressed by Alex Scott, the little girl who was battling childhood cancer and decided to have a lemonade stand in her own backyard to help fundraise for a cure. In honor of Alex and everyone fighting this disease, join S&T Bank June 1st through the 8th at all bank branches for lemonade days. Enjoy treats and activities. Help us support research, awareness, and hope for these children and families in need. Let's make people our purpose and build a brighter future together. S&T Bank, member FDIC. What are some problem spots that you might like to see filled? I, I think as far as defensive line is concerned, unless someone really comes open through training camp and a t- or a team, you know, a, a Joe Hayden situation where a team out of nowhere just drops somebody, I think they're pretty good with Wormley, Loudermilk as the first two up as far as who's going to replace to it, and then hopefully your depth fills in there. Maybe they splash a million here or there as far as getting another body in there. But I don't think but it's that not they're really more, looking at a big yeah. guy unless someone else that's not already there becomes open. And I think, Tom, even though we were all still surprised by the Stefan Tua retirement, the fact that the Steelers went out and used that, what, third-round pick on DeMarvin Leal rather than waiting all those rounds like they did the year before, what, Loudermilk was a sixth-round pick, I believe? That sounds right. So instead of waiting no, until fifth the, round, they traded back into the right, fifth right, round right. They traded right a future fourth, the fourth that they didn't have this year. Right, so you essentially or the fifth the, that they didn't have right, this so year. Right, so he's a fourth round pick to get that guy. So rather than waiting, right, and saying, "Oh crap, we should maybe move up in this draft to get someone a little bit better than the guy that we could have gotten," had we not waited as long. They went and they used a top three pick on Demarvin Leal. So even though we want to say, well, the signs were there to say that. Stefan Tua was going to play this year. I think the Steelers kind of learned from their mistakes from the year before and said, we can't wait around because we really don't know 100% if Stefan Tua will be available to us. So I think that this, the DeMarvin Leal pick and then the comfortability you have with Wormley, and even though it wasn't scheduled or planned, the comfortability you now have already with Isaiah Loudermilk going into his second year, I think should indicate to people wondering where they stand with their defensive line. I think those three guys as depth pieces, I guess, are going to be enough, right? I think so. And then and you go out and you sign Montrevious Mar- Adams he as well. Liked. I mean, you go out and you get him off of a practice squad last year, and then he ends up having to start like three games at the end uh, in the season net nose because of your injury. So like a lot of these guys that they didn't really want to have to play last year had to play just out of necessity. So you might have brought their development on a little bit fast, but... That can pay dividends eventually. Uh, through those growing pains that you experienced during their rookie seasons when they were playing too early, you can see dividends potentially from that in their next coming years where they gain a ton of experience that they could have never gained if, if mm-hmm. their circumstances weren't you know, presented for them. So 
and as far as DeMarvin Leal goes, hopefully his role is minimal and you can roll him in unless he blows you away at training camp or something like mm-hmm. that. But hopefully you don't have to start phasing him in until you work slowly towards the off se- or towards the middle of the season, towards the end of the season. And you can bring him along slowly because I think it's been proven in the Steelers history and in other teams history as well. When you get those third, fourth, fifth round pick guys, you can find diamonds in the rough. Uh, but sometimes if you want to turn them into solid starters, you need to bring them on a little bit slower than, you know, your first round picks. You're, you're nailed on. Superstars. And I think it's OK to do that with Leal here because you do have the depth to not have to play him fast. Mm-hmm. And and you can it's not going to be the same as last year. You hope. Right. You hope that. Stefan, sorry, Tyson Alavala can come back, even if he's not 100% of what he was before he went down with the season-ending injury last year, you hope he's enough to be a, con- a consistent starter over the entire course of the season, right? If you at least have him as a starter, Tom, I think you're eons ahead of where you were last year to have more than just Cam Hayward out there shuffling through the other two spots on the defensive line. Yeah, I think so too. They, I, in a weird way, they're not in a good. They're not in a better spot than they would have been without two. It obviously, but they're in a better spot than they were in last year. For sure, because they, they instead of having one out of three of your starters, you have two out of your three. And now mm-hmm. the guys that you have filling up that third hole have starting experience on your team now because of the year prior when you had to only go out with one of your preseason starters. I think that a senior statesman running back is something that they can look into with some of mm-hmm. the money that they have. That won't break your bank at all. No. Especially as you get closer and closer towards training camp, I think guys will become a little more desperate. But, you know, I just don't know if there's trust there for Benny Snell to be a guy that, you know, can take a workload away from Najee Harris. And we heard from Najee right. during OTAs, during minicamp, saying that their plan is to take a little bit of work off my plate. Now, it is still lying season. I know the draft is really when lying season is, is in full effect, but it can still be creeping into you know, effect here. So you have to be on your toes when it comes to that. But I think he's mostly genuine there. I think the Steelers would like to see a little bit less of a workload when it comes to Najee. But I don't know if they've got the right guy to lessen that workload behind him. So I think it's not terrible to kick the tires on someone outside, someone on the free agent market. Because, again, you don't have to break the bank at that kind of position. No, you don't. But to me, Tom, does it seem like we haven't heard any conversations about the running back room in terms of free agency in the last couple of weeks? So what is there to lead you to believe that a deal like this will be will will be done rather than just staying put with the guys you already have in your team, such as Benny Snell and Anthony McFarlane? That's fair. Um and I, do you trust those guys? Who do you trust more, Benny Snow or McFarland, to potentially break out? Najee. No, to potentially break out <laughs> as a backup. Like, who do you trust more? If you, I think, if you keep I think that I, I think that ac- adequately answers your question by so saying I don't really know. Then. Yeah, I don't so think if I really trust anyone because to me, I think they've both been in this league long enough where. And they were given enough opportunity, right? When Najee was not on this team, they both had opportunities for multiple years on this team. They neither of them seem to have been able to take advantage of that opportunity. And even when he wasn't playing, or even when he was on the team, speaking of Najee Harris, and he had to come out for a couple of possessions, and he wasn't given the ball the 1% of the time of the year, neither of them were really able to take advantage of it. Who was the one guy who had a a game at the very end of the year? Was it Balazs? Maybe who had like a, a carry for 10 yards twice, and that was it. But he's off the team already. 
I don't know if they are going to put anything more into the offensive line. Um, I don't know if you need to, and I don't know if they really see themselves needing to personnel-wise, to be honest with you. So uh, maybe there's a move at tackle to shore up the tackle spot. I, I think interior-wise, you're set. I mean, as far as your guards and your center is concerned, you've got who you think are probably going to be your starters, and you've got depth around them. So I think you're solid there. Uh, but the tackle spot might be a little worrisome. You know, you're kind of out there on stilts right now, hoping that Moore and um, Chooks holds up. And if they don't, things can get really ugly fast. So, because there's no depth behind them. So maybe that's another spot that you can kick the tires on is maybe adding a little more tackle depth in, with some of this money now. But I can't think of, uh, and maybe a cornerback. I, I could still see them going after a corner and shoring up the secondary. But. Other than that, I think, you know, running back and defensive line are the only two obvious spots. I don't see them necessarily being guaranteed to do anything, though, to be addressing any of those uh, areas of needs. Because, like they always like to say, if we had to play the Bengals tomorrow, we'd have a roster that we'd feel comfortable with being competitive in that game. Absolutely. Without without question. But that's also week one, right? That's mm-hmm. not down the line. I, I I won't feel super upset if I go into the season and the Steelers somewhat have one hand still tied behind their back. Right? I think they always feel comfortable as you say Tom. The Steelers always want to go into a draft feeling like the guys they already have on their team are capable of filling out the starting 22. It's just they want to always add via the draft and add via free agency. So this won't kill me as as much as I think it would kill maybe others, but I think the guys I have right now are are, are, are enough, right? Uh, enough to make it through a season? Sure. Enough to, you know, be an NFL caliber team? Sure. How good those guys are and how good of a caliber team you are is still, I think, a well, question. Th- and I think, too, we always, and I hate to bring this card, play this card so often, is comparing this season's narratives to last, right? Where we try to hype ourselves up about Kendrick Green and and the veteran leadership of Trey Turner, it's it does seem different. I don't know if that's just ignorant optimism, but it does seem different this year. Maybe it is ignorant optimism, but I like ignorant optimism. It's a lot more fun to be ignorant and optimistic than it is to be smart and, <laughs> and pessimistic. pessimistic? I mean, I, that sounds. It actually might sound better to be. <laughs> That'll do it for this episode of the Steelers Standard. As always, we appreciate you guys giving us a listen. In honor of Minka, we're going to do our safety power rankings next episode, so make sure you listen to that. For Jacob Recht, I am Tom Opperman, and we will talk to you guys next time. If everyone has lemonade stands, I think we can do it. These inspiring words were expressed by Alex Scott, the little girl who was battling childhood cancer and decided to have a lemonade stand in her own backyard to help fundraise for a cure. In honor of Alex and everyone fighting this disease, join ST Bank June 1st through the 8th at all bank branches for lemonade days. Enjoy treats and activities. Help us support research, awareness, and hope for these children and families in need. Let's make people our purpose and build a brighter future together. ST Bank, member FDIC. Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.